Welcome to Snack Circle. I'm Jordan. And I'm Marin. Grab yourself a snack and let's hang out. Welcome back to Snack Circle. We have a new friend in our Snack Circle today. Sunny is joining us. We're so excited. We're in our interview era. We were telling Sunny that we're so excited to have her on because, I mean, y'all just hear our same stories over and over. And, mm-hmm. you know, part of Snack Circle is, you know, the ladies coming together, new the nuances of womanhood. And Sunny is a friend of mine and she just has an incredible story. She was diagnosed with thyroid cancer as a teenager and beat the heck out of it. And so she's going to get to share her story. And um, yeah, so if y'all have been sick or have been diagnosed with cancer or you're going through like your own illness or someone you love is going through it, I hope this is encouraging to you and um, gives you ways to support the people you love in your life. Um, My name is Sunny. I'm 22. Um, I'm currently an intern for children's ministry at my church and working at the preschool. Um, I really love watching sunrises and sunsets. Um, I do that often at my beach. It's like 15 minutes. Um, And I think it's just like really cool that I get the opportunity to even go to the beach and watch the sunrise and sunset. Yeah. So Sunny, we want to start with you kind of talking about yourself, any current favorite books or shows that you're watching we love to update the listeners with what we're we're up to yeah um I haven't really been a big reader um but I'm currently reading the book of Romans in the Bible I'm trying to go through all the books that I haven't like read all the way um and it's been really cool just like learn about God's grace and yeah um shows I used to watch that 70s show all the time when it was on Netflix and then they took it off but I found it oh streaming service so I've been re-watching it and I just actually <gasps> show. okay that's a show I literally forgot about is that 70s show yeah well isn't there okay. like um a reboot isn't there like that 90s show now yeah there is and I watched it I don't think it really lives up to the hype mm-hmm. but okay. I feel like it was made for like not the generation that was watching that 70s show. And so I think people who grew up in that generation were expecting a little bit more, I guess. But yeah, it's giving like Fuller House. Like it didn't quite hit <laughs> how we were hoping it to. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I could compare it to is Fuller House. Yeah, we wanted it. Wait, to so do something. is like Trofer Grace in it and mm-hmm. like Donna, the actress who plays Donna? Or like I is Ashton think, Kutcher? I think all of them made like um a cameo except for the guy that played Hyde. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think he I heard he was in like some kind of like legal things. And so yeah. I think that's why they didn't they didn't let him back on the show, which is pretty bad, but yeah. Checks out, <laughs> checks out. Okay, the Book of Romans, that's so fun. Are you reading like a commentary or a study or are you just like going through it and doing your own study in it? Yeah, so I'm kind of just like going through the books that I haven't read like fully all the way. Um, mm-hmm. Just like taking the time to like actually understand what it's saying. I feel like a lot of times when I read books from the Bible, 
I like don't retain what it's actually supposed to mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the plan is like after I read it to like study it and like um, just ask people like what they think and, and just stuff like that. Okay, so we're jumping in to your cancer story. Okay, is it crazy to like say that you had cancer? Is that still like even something that you like recognize as your story? That's a big part of my story actually is like I didn't want people to know and I just like soldiered through it and was like this isn't like I think I undermined what I was going through and so now like looking back on it I'm like oh that was actually like a legitimate part of my life process well I guess so it's kind of like oh I forgot like that's a part of like who I am not the cancer itself but like who I am today I guess if that makes sense for Mm -hmm. sure okay so take us to the beginning tell us the story like when did you first feel like something was off Mm -hmm. so I guess I didn't really think anything of any of my symptoms I just thought they were like abnormal teenager hormone symptoms I was 14 or 15 um so just like things that would like happen within that time frame I would like tell my mom about and she was like okay well like let's go like check and make sure like these are like normal things that girls experience um mm-hmm. and we went to a gynecologist and she had told my mom she was like yeah like I think these are normal teenager things that happen um they don't happen to all teenagers but you know like they're just like a little ab like they weren't like crazy abnormal it was just kind of like irregular things if that makes sense and she was like but we can do some blood work if you really think like something's wrong um, my mom's like, yeah, I would love to go through with blood work. And she called my mom um, with the results. and was like, yeah, like, I'm really glad you wanted to do the blood work because she has Hashimoto's. And Hashimoto's is kind of just like you, it's like an autoimmune disease of the thyroid. And typically you're hypo, which means your levels are really high um, and you're not producing as much thyroid hormone. Um, and so that was a whole thing in itself. But that was like the first thing that we had gone through and then she recommended us to an endocrinologist at Texas Children's and through that it kind of just like progressed I guess yeah I love that your mom advocated for you and was like no like we're we're gonna get the blood work please like let's do that because I feel like so often the doctors are like this is normal you're fine it's like "Mm -hmm. can we just check can we double check yeah she was like it was my mom gut is the holy spirit and I was like yeah whatever Mm -hmm. Yeah, like mother's intuition that is a real thing what was it like at the first doctor's visit like after you you know you find out about the Hashimoto's and then moving forward what happened after that so we I, I'm gonna be so honest like I don't remember like so I don't remember a lot like I feel like my brain my life out mm-hmm. um yeah. but what is um we went to the endocrinologist at Texas Children's and they, I think they like felt like they usually they'll examine your throat and like feel your thyroid. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe she, this could be so wrong, but I think this is what happened. <laughs> I think she was like examining my throat and she like felt a nodule or like felt an abnormality. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I want you to get an ultrasound. And so then I went to the pediatric radiologist at Texas Children's. Um, and got my first ultrasound. And I think like the feelings and the emotions I had were kind of just like, this is what like I have to do. So like, I'm going to do mm-hmm. it. 
I didn't really have like enough emotional capacity left to like actually feel feelings about it. It was just like, I need to do this. Like it was kind of like not taking over my life, but like a part of it was. And so like just going to the doctors and like getting things done was just like a normal thing now. And it was just Mm -hmm. like, let's take care of this. Like, wow, it's still here. And I think that I didn't really get to process it until like after I was like done with treatment and everything. So how long, what, what was your initial treatment plan and how long did that last? And how was that going through all of it? Like you come home from your first doctor's appointment, you're like, okay, like you get your diagnosis and did they like set you up with something right away or did it feel like there was a long pause? Was there any like sort of frustration with that? I would say like the diagnosis process was probably like three months and after I got my first ultrasound they said that I did have a nodule but that it was common with people with Hashimoto's and so they would just watch check if it grew Um, and so I went back I think a month later and it had grown it had like doubled in size Um, and so they wanted me to get a biopsy and so I think this was like early December of 2016 or 2015. I got a biopsy or it was 2016. I got a biopsy and I think we got the results within like, I want to say like a month, three weeks. Um, It felt to me like a lengthy process, but looking Mm. back three months, four months, isn't really that long to find out a cancer diagnosis. Um, Really? That's what, that's how I feel. I mean, I, I think it was just because of my age. It was like a lot Mm. to take in. And so it just felt like forever. I was like, when am I going to, like, when am I going to find out? Like, when is, like, everything going to um, be played out? But after they called my mom with the results, they said that it was in my right lobe. So your thyroid has two lobes. And it was in my right one. And so they could, they gave me an option. They said that I could either just take my right lobe out and have my left lobe or I could take the whole thyroid out. So I didn't get a chance of um, the cancer coming back. And Mm. I honestly don't think I like came up with an answer. I think it was just like, I'll let my mom, like my mom was in nursing school at the time. And I was like, I'll just, what's Um, best. Um, I do remember like not even wanting to think about it. I was like, that's a lot of responsibility to ask a 14 year old. Hey, what do you want? to Oh Oh, yeah. Like, do you want half your thyroid taken out of your body or the whole thing? And you're just like, I'm literally 14. (laughs) Yeah. That's how it felt. It was kind of laughable, honestly, because it was like, and I feel like it was the whole experience was just like an out of body experience. I was like, what is even going on? Like there was like a lot of times where I would just like be sitting in my room laughing and I was like, what is like, what is going on? Um, I think that a part of it was like out of denial, but yeah. So we then scheduled my surgery for the end of March. So three months after I found out and they went in and it actually engulfed my whole thyroid. So I no longer had a choice. They just took the whole thing out. Wow. And I was technically cancer free (laughs) when I woke up, but then, um, typically after all this happens, you'll get a scan just to make sure like everything's gone. Everything looks good. Like just for like protocol. And the scan was, um, two months after my surgery and I didn't have a thyroid and I was not allowed to take thyroid hormone. So for those two months, I was like completely without, without thyroid. Mm. Um, and I also was on a very low sodium diet. So that like in itself was also really weird. Cause I was like, my body doesn't feel like my own. And now it really doesn't because it's not working the way it's supposed to. So at that scan, 
my mom was still in nursing school at the time. So my aunt took me and I was like very hopeful at the scan. I was like, okay, like the scan was basically determining if I needed iodine radiation or not. And I had the scan <clears throat> and I also had a doctor's appointment like three hours after the scan. I was like, oh, they're so nice. Like I don't have to drive an hour back for this next doctor's appointment. But it, in reality, it was like, it was in case like I did need the radiation, I could do it the same day. Um, oh, and wow. so I remember sitting down, like waiting for my results with my aunt and they came in and they were like, we saw like leftover thyroid tissue. And so we're going to go ahead and do the iodine radiation. So then my mom drove up that same day and then I was put in quarantine. So it was like, to me, that feels pretty lengthy. It was like, I think it started in September and then radiation was like the very last day of May. So that was like seven, eight months of oh my all that. So you were put in quarantine. What does that mean? And why did you have to be put in quarantine? What did that look like? So I took a pill. It's this radioactive pill. And mm-hmm. so you're radioactive. Like you can't be around. <clears throat> And then they put me in a hospital room by myself and they had to come and check like my radioactive levels. And like when, once they were low enough, I could go home and they would come in like these hazmat suits and like point at like this little gun at me and, and check my oh level. Oh my gosh. And Stop. Why is the Imagine Dragon song in my head right now? Radioactive. Yeah. Why did that I was not like, know that? That was like the happened. joke the whole summer. Oh my yeah. gosh. That how, is literally how what did you long do? Did you yeah, and also how long was that the that whole process? Yeah, so initially you're still radioactive for two months, I think, after you get it. But I was quarantined for a night for like a day roughly, and then I was low enough to go home. And then once I got home, I had to quarantine for one to two weeks, two weeks to three weeks, somewhere in that. And I think I slept the majority of it. And so I don't really remember like being isolated, really. I just, I think I like the radio, the radiation just like took my body out of commission. And so that didn't really feel like a big deal. It kind of felt restful. I do remember that. Mm. Yeah. But when I was getting radiation, they did not have sleeping accommodations for my mom and my aunt. So they had to go stay at a hotel. And I think that was the hardest part because I was 15 in yeah. in like the cancer treatment floor by myself. And it was really cool because I remember I had like withdrawn myself from the church because I didn't want anyone to know and I didn't want to make mm. it a big deal. And I just wanted like to keep it private, I guess. Um, and I, I thought the Lord was mad with me and like upset with me. Um, and I remember like talking to him about it by myself. And I just remember like feeling like this peace and love that like is so supernatural. It was like the peace that passes, surpasses all understanding. And I just knew I was going to be okay. He was like, you're okay. Like you're going to be okay. And so that was like a cool moment. But so radiation didn't really like affect me a whole bunch. Wow. I like, I've like never even, I guess, thought of that, like thought of that you're radioactive. Like, I, I don't know. That's really, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed right now of that whole thing. So we also want to know, I mean, especially being so young. So you said you kind of withdrew, like, you know, from your community, was there anything or anyone 
that like made you feel supported in that time? Or if not, is there like, do you have any words for people who maybe know um, or have friends going through something similar? So I, like I said, like, I didn't want anyone to know. I like didn't want to go to church because I didn't want anyone to like pray for me or ask if I was okay or like ask me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really only told like super close friends and like, I had to let my teachers know. And so like, I had my mom like write them letters and I would hand it to them and like be very discreet about it. I think I did myself pretty wrong in that sense of like not telling people because I didn't feel supported. Mm-hmm. I think the way that I felt supported by my family in that sense was like their diligence and being like, okay, we won't like tell anybody that is unnecessary to tell. Like they were very supportive and like, I didn't want anyone to know, which is like, as a parent, like I'm really, I'm not a parent now, but like realizing now, like that's hard. Like if your kid's going through cancer and like, you, she doesn't want anyone to know, like, how are you supposed to ask for prayer? Like, how are you yeah. supposed to be like, hey, my child is going through this, like pray for her and our family. And I think like to the people going through things, I think that don't do what I did. Don't like withdraw yourself, mm-hmm. but like surround yourself with people who love and care about you genuinely and mm-hmm. ask for support. And I also learned that like, when you don't, like, I definitely needed accommodations in school. And like, you know, like when it came to like, talking with people and just that support in general, like you should tell people so that you can like receive that support and those accommodations. Cause when you don't like, you can't expect it from them if you don't want to be vulnerable and honest. So that Mm -hmm. I think that's what I would tell people. Yeah. That's so good. I think that's such like a, like a human response to not want to share, like, feel like you might burden someone or just be like, oh, I don't want anyone to know. But yeah, I think that's such good hindsight to be like, but yeah, like maybe, you know, you're, you were asking your parents not to tell anyone. Like, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Do you feel like you didn't share with people because you were like embarrassed or you just didn't want attention on you or, or do you think you're just young and you didn't know how to deal with it all? I think it's a little bit of all those things. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely was like ashamed. I don't know why. And I was like, like really on fire for the Lord. Like I would get made fun of all the time at school. Like people would call me a Jesus freak. And so I didn't know how to tell people (laughs) that I had cancer and then them come out with me with questions like, well, like, aren't you like supposed to be like protected by Mm -hmm. the Lord? Like just hard uh, questions. Yes. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know how to answer at that age. And I also felt like people would think that I was lying. And so I didn't mm. to tell anybody. Um, and I had a couple of bad reactions from a teacher. And so after that, I was like, okay, like I I'm not telling anyone if this is like how a grown-up is gonna respond. Oh no, that's awful. Yeah. Like, did they just not believe you? Or they were just like, you want something like I can't even believe that. I can't even fathom yeah, that a teacher insane. would act yeah. like Jordan as a teacher is just like, I'm like hello. <laughs> yeah, I there was a lack of sympathy and there was just like a couple different instances where I was pretty much almost at the hospital like once a week, like several times a month and absent frequently because I was sick. And she asked me one day if when I knew I had doctor's appointments to ask her for the work ahead of time so I could get my work done. And so I did that. And 
every single time I would tell her, she would be like, well, I don't know what we're doing that day. So I can't give you anything. This back and forth, like she didn't really care to, I don't really know. I like let my mom deal with that. I was like, I, I'm a freshman in high school. Like, yeah. I don't really, need, yeah, I don't really need this, like on top of everything else. And so I just did my work when I could. All my I other mean, standing. So it like outweighed. Oh, my goodness. I feel like already being a freshman in high school and trying to navigate this like new way of learning and changing classes <laughs> and walking the hallways is already stressful. I can't even imagine having a cancer diagnosis on top of that and just being sick and doctor's appointments and. You started radiation, you said in May of your freshman year. So like you went through your whole freshman year and then, so did you miss the end of the school year when you started radiation or was school already over? So that was the week school had ended and radiation. So yeah, I did radiation during the summer. I think total like like three weeks. And so it was like three weeks of my summer, but yeah, it was like the last day of May. And then I think by the end of June, I was like up and doing things and going out and like doing summary things. I remember I even interned at a church camp that year. Um, and I think I went to a church camp. So I was like, good to go after. Did you lose your hair or like throw up a lot through radiation or is that just chemo? I think the losing the hair is chemo. Chemo is a lot more. Okay. Um, when okay. I had a radiation, I did throw up and I did sleep majority of it I didn't throw up a lot but I think my it kind of just felt like a cold it felt like my body had a cold for Mm -hmm. I think like the major symptom was just like extreme fatigue and exhaustion um okay I'm gonna back up to after you had your surgery and you got your thyroid out this might sound like such a stupid question but like when you woke up from your surgery like what was that recovery like did your throat hurt a lot after that or I'm just like thinking like having a literal body part removed like crazy town. What was that recovery like? So it was it was really difficult at first because every time I would swallow, I would like feel something and it wasn't painful per se. It was like very uncomfortable. I think like the first couple of days, like my throat was sore And I had a bandage right here for, I think, like three weeks. But the difficulty was just like eating because I was like, ooh, that feels unnatural. But it wasn't like super painful. I think it was just like the swallowing and the discomfort and like moving my neck. And I couldn't like really move my neck or I would try to. And I would get like grossed out by by the thought of like accidentally opening it up or something. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I... I was very stiff in it. It's like, yeah. I'm going to open my incision. Yeah. But you don't like physically feel any difference, like not having a thyroid, right? No. No. Your scar, I can like barely see your scar. I feel like even like when I see you in person, I like can't really tell your scars there. Yeah, you could see it pretty, um, pretty good for like the first couple of years, but they said like over time, like over several years, like it shouldn't even be noticeable at all. So I feel like it's almost gotten to that point of like mm-hmm. not being noticeable. But okay, so you go through radiation. When are you like officially told you're cancer free? 
And did you celebrate afterwards? So it's really tricky to like determine when I exactly I was cancer free because the tissue that they found in the scan was microscopic. And so they don't even know if it was like cancerous or not. And so so I say June 1st, like the day after I got radiation. Um, Okay. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But because of how I felt during that time, I did not celebrate. I didn't want to, I didn't want to make it a big deal. And over time, I've definitely regretted that decision because it is like a big deal. Um, I think I haven't like realized that till recently. And it has a lot to do with like the people that supported me then. Um, I didn't really have like super great friends. It was like high school. It was like toxic relationships with people and toxic friendships and, you know, like falling back from the Lord and taking a step back. Um, And I think now, like, especially like when I lived at camp and like told people like my testimony and stuff, they were like, wow, like that's like incredible. And I was like, what are you talking about? But it's been really cool to like understand like that it is a big deal and that it's a good thing and it should be celebrated. But I didn't at the time. I feel like that goes so well with, I mean, it's so hard to remember that mindset of being 15, but you're so right. Like we don't already always have the healthiest relationships when we're that age. Like we're so insecure. And I feel like there's a lot of like, girl drama and competition and like you're in this weird phase of like you don't know where your identity lies and it's a struggle and you're still just like stumbling through your faith or relationships in your life and yeah that's so hard to like go through something so big in your life yeah but not have those good friends who would like actually support you yeah in a true way that they would like today in your 20s Right. I think it's so cool, though, that, like, I do have those friendships now. And so I know if I I ever went there, that, like, I know that it wouldn't be the same as when I was 15, which Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for. But it was, like, all those things that you said that was happening in high school. And I was just did not want that on top of everything. Yeah. Thank God we don't stay 15 forever, honestly. You know, like praise Thank the Lord. God we up. Like we That's... cannot be fifteen forever. Freshman yeah. in high school, so rough, dark time. <laughs> so, do you feel like now, today, do you have any physical or like emotional impacts that you notice, like going about your day to day life, or do you feel like since you were so young, you don't? So after I got radiation, I still was in and out of doctors' offices for like two years. Um, mm-hmm. And I was in a stage of denial and I just did not take my medicine at all. Oh. Um, I gained a lot of weight. I became like super anemic. Like I wasn't taking care of my body at all. And mm-hmm. it definitely physically impacted me. It has lasted up until like a year ago where like I was like, or two years ago, I was like, I need to be like serious about like, you know, like how I take my medicine. Like I need to be diligent. I need to like exercise and eat right and cut things out. And so I think the like the way that like I treated myself in my body like after has impacted me today. Um, and still mm-hmm. like trying to lose weight and like trying to like eat right and make sure like I'm treating my body the way you know that's like acceptable to the Lord, I guess. Um, yeah, and I think emotionally, like I was talking about with my mom before, like I came on here with y'all, and there was like a lot of things like I did not remember, and I was like, oh wow, like. 
that was completely out of my memory. Emotionally speaking, I just, it's just a part of my life. Like I don't really want it to be. And so when I think about mm. it, I'm like, oh, okay, like I need to like actually accept the fact that this happened. Kind of like what I was saying earlier. And I think there's a little bit of like trauma that comes with that. And so like going to like doctor's offices now is like not, it kind of like triggers that like anxiety. Um, yeah. and just like the feeling of like, oh, like what's going to happen? Yeah. I think also I, when I didn't want anyone to know, but I wanted like those accommodations and that support. I always feel like I've been justified. I don't know if how that mm. correlates, but I always feel like everything I do has to be justified and I have to like make sure like people know like I'm not like lying or anything because that's how it felt oh, yeah. during that, I guess, if that made sense. Mm-hmm. But And I think just like insecurities like about my body too from like the physical changes I went through with thyroid, if you know a lot about it, it like affects like your metabolism and like how you like gain weight, lose weight, all those things. And so that's like, I'm still navigating that. Um, And luckily enough, like my levels have been like perfect since, like I think for like the last year, that's been easier to navigate, but. Yeah, I think we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, just from like, like we had a friend on who was diagnosed with PMDD and was kind of just told by doctors, like, this is normal, like, women you know your cycle's just crazy like you just have a lot of hormones you're fine and like just being pregnant and having kids like I've been told the same thing um I have Hashimoto's and you know kind of same thing like eh, you're just postpartum you'll lose your weight like just breastfeed blah 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 I'm like mm, I can't like I'm not you know and I yeah. feel like a lot of times like our concerns are just swept under the rug and I don't know if men feel the same way like Cause I mean, I feel like men don't even go to the doctor. Like, <laughs> like they don't even maybe have an experience cause they just don't even show up for those mm-hmm. appointments. But I think as women, like, I feel like we're always just told we're being dramatic or I feel like our health is also very complicated. Like we have mm-hmm. so much that our body does. And I just feel like we have so many little specialists for every little thing. And so it's like impossible for someone to like, take you seriously and listen and like actually just stick you with a needle and get your blood and test the right things and I don't know why it's that way and it's discouraging but that would kind of make you feel like you always have to over explain yourself and you kind of feel like you're going crazy like am I actually Mm -hmm. sick like is this all just in my head am I being dramatic those are real so now you're on you're going to be on medicine for life is Mm -hmm. that how that Okay. And so just like every morning taking a pill and like waiting 30 minutes to eat and it's just become like part of your normal routine. Does it ever feel like discouraging? Like, do you ever like hope to never be on medicine or is that just like how it's going to be or what is, yeah, that life cancer free moving forward going to look like? Yeah. So that's just how it's going to have to be. Um, I think when I wasn't taking my mess, I just wanted to be normal. Um, and then I like experienced repercussions for not like severe repercussions. Um, mm-hmm. I think at one point, like my thyroid levels were like in the 400s, like very unhealthy. And Shocking. just so y'all know, a normal level is like one to three. 
It's right? like 0. 0.01 to 3. <laughs> Even okay. worse. Okay. 0.0. So He's 400 wow. is like, you should be dead. And didn't your doctor say like... He or she... I almost was in like a state where I could have gone into a coma. She was like, you are extremely like unhealthy and you need to start taking care of your body. Kind of like gave me the, the whole like spill of like she essentially was like you're like this is your chemo like you did not have to do chemo like this is like this is your alternative like all you have to do mm. is take it and mm-hmm. I was like you understood why I didn't want to but I think like once I realized like you like what happened was just like out of control and horrible I was like okay like I need to take my medicine and so I don't think I hope to be off of it I think I'm like glad that I'm on it because I've learned Mm. what my body looks like and how it functions without it versus how it does with and so I think that's been encouraging and it like helps me get through like that discouraging moment where I'm like I don't really want to wait two hours to eat my food it's been that's been very helpful like look back and be like I never want to see that version of Sunny ever again Mm. but yeah and it kind of goes with what you're saying like you want to be able to do everything that the Lord has for you in this life. Like you want to be active and you want to fulfill like these desires on your heart and these passions. And like, you can't do that if you're sick and like, you Mm -hmm. do have so much to offer and to give this world. And I know the feeling of like, oh, I'm just going to like be on medicine the rest of my life. Like, especially if you like more like holistic things and you want to go that route and like that community is telling you like, oh, just like, eat this certain way and you never are like oh silly Americans just always on their pills and it's kind of like okay but like sometimes those literally are saving our lives and that's Um, okay to do and have and yeah I experienced that in high school too like I had some people tell me like I was being overdramatic and I didn't really need the medicine and I was like this is like my lifeline like this is a diabetic this is this is my insulin. Um, and that was crazy. I know a lot of people that went holistic um, after high school and they're like, just do these trends and yada, yada, like eat these foods for your hormones. I'm like, that will work to an extent, but I don't, I think it's different when you like maybe have a thyroid, but I was like, I don't have one at all. So that doesn't even, yeah. it won't even work unless I'm taking the pill on top of yeah eating or doing those things so yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I think that's yeah seeing those on Instagram are just I'm like oh that's so annoying no I'm the like, Instagram girlies. yes <laughs> the Instagram doctors it's dark and I think that's like good for people to hear because you really don't know like looking at you like you wouldn't know your story and so for people to like be coming in and being like, oh, well, you can just fix it. Like they don't know what you've been through and like where you Mm -hmm. are now and like what you had to go through to like get to the point where you like do take your medicine consistently. And like, that's, yeah, people need to hear that because I think people, we really want to like inject ourselves on other people's stories. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I just, it just boggles my mind because they're like, oh, like these things will work. And I'm like, they might if I actually had the organ in my body still, but I do not have it. 
Right. It's gone. Right. Yeah. It's not like getting your tonsils removed. No. Or like your appendix. Like this was actually, this is actually something that has such a huge function. And it's weird because I didn't even know like what a thyroid even, I didn't even like know a thyroid was in your body until like maybe like senior year of high school. And I had like a teacher who had hypothyroidism and I was like the thyroid, it just felt like this very like mythical thing in your body, but it does so much. Like it is shocking how much it does. Like, I don't know if men are the same way, but I feel like for women, it just like throws like ruins your cycle. And like that just is a whole other skew of things like your fertility and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, all this little butterfly shaped hormone like organ like excuse me like mm-hmm. literally controlling everything <clears throat> who would have thought it's crazy it really is crazy I didn't even know what it was until they're like you have this and I was like I don't even know what that is and funny enough like the next week in like my biology class we were going over like different cancers and diseases and my topic was thyroid cancer and like I hadn't even oh. told anyone or said anything <gasps> my partner was like don't you, aren't you getting like tested for this? Or like, aren't you getting like, and I was like, oh yeah. My partner was like one of my best friends at the time. And I was like, this is like oh. really, really weird. But That's I think crazy. it was cool. I learned a lot more about like what it does. And so I was like more aware, but I was like, that is crazy that that would happen. So we talked a little bit like earlier about how I feel like this is really common for like women our age right now, like I have a best friend who had thyroid cancer and she actually had hers removed a year ago today. And then like she had, yeah. And then she had a friend who had the same thing. And so just like knowing that the majority of our listeners are women, do you have, like, what would you say to someone who is going through like maybe they their doctor like is seeing an abnormality or they've just gotten a diagnosis like do you have any words for them um kind of what we were talking about earlier like make sure like you have a good like support system and Mm -hmm. that people are going to pray for you and fight for you and also letting yourself like process and not just like going through the motions I think that is really important and I've seen like a lot of like emotional hurt in myself with like my relationship with the Lord come into that Um, and so like don't Like, let it build up. Like, let yourself, like, grieve. Because you are losing a part of your body. Like, your body is, like, not functioning the way it should. And that is a big deal. And it needs to get taken care of. And so just, like, let yourself grieve and process and have people alongside you who are going to do the same. That's so good. I love that. Love Mm -hmm. it. Okay. Any other thoughts or words of encouragement around this topic? I don't really think so. I think the big thing is just like really making sure you have that good group of people who will pray for you um, and grieve when you're grieving and like ask the Lord for some of that burden. Um, I think that's a really big deal when you have community. It's just people who are like acquainted with the Lord the way that you're acquainted with him. I think, you know, when we have community, we have people who can speak like life and encouragement into us. And I think like that time when I needed it the most. And so I think that is what I would say. Yeah, for sure. And I love that. You kind of mentioned earlier, like when you were a Christian, being a Christian in high school, you were really scared of those opinions of people of like, well, 
like you must have done something wrong and like God's punishing you by giving you cancer. And I think that's something that I hear people say so much. Like they expect like if you know Jesus, just nothing bad is ever going to happen to you in your life. And I almost feel like, or they say stuff like God gives their toughest battle, gives his toughest battles to his toughest soldiers. And just all of that, this past weekend, I was at a women's retreat, but one of the topics was kind of like about when things don't go our way. And they talked about Job and how Job just had all of these horrible things happen to him. And his wife basically just said, like, just curse God and die. Like, because she had this expectation that she they followed Yahweh and just like they did everything right and he blessed them and that's just how mm-hmm. life was going to be. And so when it didn't go that way, she was like, her love was very conditional and it was like, okay, then I'm walking away because this isn't serving me anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we we know as believers, it's like, no, actually like these trials, like it's just being a human, like, and it's going through them that really like refines our character and shows us God's character through that too, even when it's so sucky and so bad. And so, yeah, if you guys are going through just, it doesn't even have to be cancer. If you're just going through it, just know that you didn't do anything. God's not punishing you. He's not mad at you. And if anyone has told you that, I'm really sorry because that is just not the truth at all. That's so good. Yeah, I think like, also, I think it's in James, like, talking about, like, finding the joy in our trials. I think a big thing for me is that we would have to go to Houston, like, weekly to these doctor's appointments. And every time like we would go to Houston, like, me and my mom would either eat together or we would do something, like, fun or just, like, even, like, drive by the zoo. I think at one point I went to the zoo because Texas Children's is, like, right by it. And I think, like, with my parents, I, like, grew my relationship with them and I was able to, like find joy I guess in a sense like oh like I get to experience these things not because I am sick but because like this is like a part of like my life I think just like making sure like you're finding joy in your trials um will really like help you persevere I love that yeah thank you so much Sunny for sharing your story and being on the podcast with us it was so good to just hear all these little details of everything and I hope if anyone's going through it they find some encouragement through your story yeah. for sure yeah I was I hope I was able to be encouraging super insightful thank you for, thank you for coming <laughs> yeah thank you for asking it was cool to talk about it we love you guys and we'll talk to you next week Bye.